Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Oh, I cannot wait for today's weekly tee box dysfunction alongside the Caddy. I, I don't even really want Michael Collins. Don't want to be here right now. I'm All talking right, third person this whole time. I, Mark Leishman. It's Mark I, Leishman's fault. Just wait. I'm the Maddie, the one that's always right on the podcast. This is Maddie, <laughs> Maddie and the Caddy. After I would surmise one of the great back-to-back putting duels in golf history. Oh, we will get into the finish of the BMW Championship. We will let you know who the top thirty are. I will again brag about being right with picks and golf, and uh, we will have a, a lot of fun today. So, seeing as I just keep smacking you around in the picks, T-Box is Shut mine. Up. And I'm going to start with – I'm going to let you get into the, into the putts. I'm going to start with how I was right about how 30 under par golf is garbage the week before. This week – was what golf is all about. That's a see. It is. Man. So, oh. This week was oh. so good because oh. every day you had a different leader trying to get his way up to the leaderboard in struggling conditions. And oh, by the way, you still had golfers finish under par. It was exactly not what made this week good. Stop. It is exactly what made this good. Oh, no. you're telling me Dustin Johnson's 30 under run and hide was better than seeing a collection of leaders. No, like that is no, that's not what I'm saying. Play, that is not no, no, that is not what I'm saying. Here's where four, four under par. Awesome. No. Just listen, listen, don't get me. Oh, geez, a whiz, bro. You're doing. See, this is where you're taking two separate things and try and put them together. Just love it and hug it. Shut up. Stop trying to put a square peg in a round hole. The reason that it was so great this week was that there was drama coming down the stretch. To try and compare that. Listen, here's the thing. To try and compare. Here's the deal. Dustin Johnson shoes 30 under the week before. Okay. Now, if Dustin Johnson shoots 30 under and John Rahm shoots 30 under and Hideki shoots 29 under and there's drama coming down the stretch, that's just as awesome. What you're saying is the reason that this past week was amazing, and and I'll give you a perfect example of, of why what I'm saying is true. The score doesn't matter. What matters is the drama coming down the stretch to try and win the tournament. And you know why I mean why I say that and why I know it's true because what is before this probably the greatest Sunday toe to toe battle coming down the stretch that there was. It was Hendrick the open Stanton and Phil Thank Mickelson. You. Thank you. And that's the dude shooting. It's 63, 64. And guess what? What was their total score? Right. Total. It doesn't matter. This is the point. The point is what they won, what Henrik Stenson won the open, what was his winning score? It don't matter. It doesn't matter because it but doesn't. Here's- Here's what I don't get. This is why this is the so dumbest 64, thing. 63, 63 with birdies like that coming down the stretch. This is you, legitimately the dumbest thing you've ever said. You were basically just making up an outcome for the week before that didn't happen. No, you that is not what I'm you doing. Can't you are saying you are saying 
Listen, I am not saying that what Dustin Johnson did last week is just as good as the drama that we had this week. What I'm saying is, is that 30 under par, the reason that last week wasn't as dramatic and wasn't as great as this week is because there weren't guys coming down the stretch with a chance to win. And that that's what I said. I no, said that this what you said was 30 under par stinks. Correct. It does. No, it doesn't. 30 under par stinks when the next guy's 11 under par. All right there, caddy. So when, uh, what you're saying is 63-64 Phil and Henrik Stenson, you're saying that sucked? What year was that? That's not the point. What but I'm, year that is not was that? The it is point. absolutely No, the it ain't. You're well, saying, listen, again, you're saying that low score takes away from the drama. That's what you're saying. You're saying that the total score of the week takes away from the drama of a Sunday. And I'm saying you have to go back four or five years to give me the l most recent example. No, I'm going back going... and telling you the most dramatic finish that we've had, that we've been able been a part of. That's the most dramatic that we've been a part of on a Sunday. And it was a guy shooting 63 and another dude shooting, or a guy shooting 64 and a guy shooting 65. And what I'm saying is... It is just as dramatic and just as sit on the edge of your seat when guys are making birdies as opposed to when they're making pars. Uh, look, this is the most ludicrous thing you've ever said. And, and that's a big list. Nice coffee mug, by the way. Caddy's mm. drinking a, a, out of a sports center coffee mug. He knows. He knows. I know. So I take you on the road with me, too. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight guys within five shots of the lead. Right. Final tally. Does it matter what their scores are? Yes. Why? Why? It matters that the winner of the tournament opened the tournament with a 75 on Thursday and had to go remarkably low on Sunday to win this thing. The way that it was set up, it was competitive. It was tough. We saw a pro shoot a 30 over, one that Caddy picked. Why you got to bring that up? <laughs> we saw so much because it was a true test of the game. Every guy that was in, comp in, in, in the uh, contention at least shot a 70 at one point during the week and then had to go high 60s. That's just good golf. This was so much more compelling than anything we saw last week at TPC Boston, and it wasn't even close. It, the score has nothing to do with it being compelling. Well, I mean, it is sports, so yeah, the score does have a lot to do with it. No, it, listen, so what you're saying is that a 3 nothing football game is more dramatic and more compelling than a 51 to 48 football game. Okay, well, great great analogy. Yeah, 51 48, there's no defense, so that's garbage. And if there was a blocked field goal or a goal line stand for the three nothing win, like we saw with a 66 foot putt that was followed by like a, an otherworldly 20 something foot putt, then yeah, I'm going to take the drama that led to uh, how we yeah, got Yeah, but here. You're, you're hoping for a goal line stance. No, I'm going against. I'm saying like, on. I'm, I'm saying again, on the you're making stuff up to fit your argument. I'm going on concrete outcome fact. 
Dustin Johnson was 30 under par and there was no one in his rear view mirror. That That's was- what made it not that, – that is my point. My point is the argument you're making is that 30 under and winning by 19 is not as dramatic as the world number one and world number two going into a playoff and then a guy making a 66-footer. I'm not arguing that. That's a ridiculous argument. Who's who's going to say that that's not true? But, but what I'm telling you is 30 under par, if two guys, if John Rahm... didn't happen. I'm not saying it didn't. That's not the point. Yes, the point no, it's not. What Pops, you're trying, about the arg- here's I know the what you're, you're saying. To, okay, listen I'm to this. I'm just driving you nuts okay. out of your point. I know. This is my thing. <laughs> this is the thing. So what you're saying is you'd rather watch the USGA every single week You'd rather watch U.S. Opens every week? Yeah, if I get that kind of an outcome and I get four under to eight under. how often does that happen? How often does that happen? Not often. Now, we saw last year at the U.S. Open. That's the same argument you tried to make against me and Henry Smith. Thank you. This is my point. Drama doesn't have to have a number. So let's not put a number on great dramatic finishes. Were you entertained this week? Oh my gosh! Yes, it was awesome. Okay, so I wasn't, enter- I wasn't entertained. I was in inter- the only time I was entertained the week prior was when John DJ started eleven for eleven, and then after that, it's like, all right, two fifty nines and two fifty eights. Yeah, it's historic. This is a joke. Let me see these guys go toe to toe, and that's what we saw this week. All right, we've argued this point to death. We are clearly on other sides of this one. But I let's am talk. Right. <laughs> we'll leave that up to the patrons. Would the patrons <laughs> please weigh in on this one? Yes. Weigh in in your favor last week. So I will again beat this drum. Oh boy! Could it's- you imagine if there were fans on the Dustin Johnson pot and then on the John Rom pot? Because I have never seen two harder putts get executed on that stage for that type of win. Well, the thing about DJ's putt was that there wasn't anyone who had to putt after him who who would have a chance to win because Hideki had to hold that out if he was going to get into the playoff and, and didn't hit it in the bunker for the people who didn't see it. Um, so it was DJ's putt was like, I love the fact that the announcers were like, you know, it's been a good run. It's a shame that DJ couldn't finish this out, you know, it's going right. to be hard to get this one close. And then as the putt crests the hill and starts going downhill, they were like, you know, wow, this is fantastic. You know, it was a really good, <laughs> it was a really good effort. It was a really good effort. And then it was like, really good effort. And so the thought of a crowd, the, listen, there was, there had to be a few people back yeah, there. there were. Because when that putt hit the stick and dropped, there was a roar that even, let's be honest, I was not expecting. No, I wasn't either. So even if it was, even if it was like 70 people. It was like a T-ball roar, you know? It like was a awesome, league. though. It, yeah. yeah but right. that, it made, I'm not going to lie, it made a difference. It did. And, then, and when John Rahm was like, oh, yeah, 42, check this out. Let me knock this 66-footer in. From an even harder angle. So let me take – so <laughs> it's funny with the announcers because, look, any play-by-play or any 
uh, analyst is going to look at the stats and say, come on, this is impossible, right? Like Dustin 50, Johnson. 50 from 7 feet 10 inches on a flat putt for pros. Right. So Dustin Johnson's was impossible. Take right. that times 50. And they were saying, <laughs> they were saying like, boy, this is going to be one of the toughest two putts of his career. Almost an impossible two putt. Almost this, almost that. So now you're thinking, well, DJ's drive clicks off the tree back into the fairway. He has a realistic Parma. opportunity to two putt par and win. Yes. And then Rom does that. I just couldn't believe this is the second time this year. And the only thing that I can go back to is the no fan argument in terms of like the pressure being different. Pressure, same, not as much buzz without the crowd. Cause we saw this with Morikawa and Justin Thomas, yes. the back and forth putting duel. Yes. And for Rom to hit that, that was a la Tory Pines a little bit. Yes, yeah, no, because that it was the same. It was n- almost the same. It was an impossible. It was impo- It was not possible to do that. That that if he stood there with a bucket full of golf balls, a VJ Singh size bucket full of golf balls at Tory Pines it, in that moment, he ain't doing that. He ain't doing that. There's no chance. When's the last time, because I was thinking about this last night as I was doing this on my couch, when's the last time you like audibly yelled watching golf? Because I did it twice within 25 minutes last night, and it had been a while since no, that actually, happened. No, actually, if I'm being completely honest, I did holler out loud when Tom Brady holed out from the fairway. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, but it, see, that's not... That was Tom Brady, and it wasn't like a tournament tournament. But that's the last time that I was like, oh, jumped up and was like, oh, and started going crazy and, and like went 100%, 150% fan. But it this was, was that when Dustin made that putt, literally, because I was sitting in my bedroom by myself, and the fam was out in the living room. Yeah. And so when I made that scream, they were like, what happened? What's the matter? They thought something was wrong. Because I was like, go, go, go. So I was watching, getting ready. We were getting ready to have dinner. And so what I did was I'm like, oh, you know, I stood up off the couch. <laughs> I was like, all right, this isn't going to go in, but I, I'm going to stay here. Like I had, one, I had one foot right. out the door. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just get it a watch. And I yelled. No, sh- you know. <laughs> so then I was like, "This is incredible." Yep. So I was like, "Babe, we're gonna have to wait. Got to play off. Like, go rinse yep. off or whatever. Got to play off. Get you know this. This is gonna get real." And then when when Rom hit it, I think I let out an even better expletive um, <laughs> from it. But uh, I, you know, and how about Rom on the penalty? That's yep. the thing for him. If he doesn't do that, he wins. He, he wins. He wins even in that well, situation. Maybe. That's, that's, a, that's a four-round tournament of golf. There's so many things that you right. can go back and look at. Right. Say, well, if he doesn't do this, if he doesn't miss this putt, if he doesn't miss this shot. Uh, but that was – we've all been in that mental thing when we're playing where you're not – you don't – sometimes you just forget to think. Right. You know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of Mark Wilson when he won the Honda. That he even he admitted, and it was I mean it, that one though it was his caddy where Crispy, um, 
got advice. I'm doing air quotes. Got got advice from another caddy mm-hmm. um, when he asked the guy what they had just hit on a hole before his player had hit, and they got a penalty on it. And Mark Wilson was like, he goes, I was just going through the motions and wasn't really locked in or focused. And that moment made me lock in and focus for the next two days, and he won the tournament because of it. So I'm thinking it looked like the same thing with John Rahm, where he was kind of just going through the motions. Yeah. He, wasn't, he was not locked in. He wasn't in that quote-unquote zone. And that brain fart that he, he had in picking the golf ball up without putting a coin down to market is proof positive that he was just kind of walking. He was just going through it. Not really there. That's a and great point. Then having to call the rules official in like there, that is a slap in the face. And from that moment on that dude locked in and was like, so it was amazing to see that. And then just the emotion from DJ too. Who a lot of people was like, you know, I'm not, I don't know yeah. about DJ because it just seems so he never gets emotional. And when he made that putt, like at first he didn't really do anything. And then when he he threw the side, I call it a right cross. When he threw the right cross in the air, you were like, hot dog, this it means something to this dude. So right. I mean, that's as emotional as I don't want to use emotional because he but that's as fiery as I've ever seen him. Yeah, he yeah, well, I've seen him one time kind of get have some a reaction like that at a Ryder Cup. But that's a Ryder Cup. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody's jacked at the Ryder Cup. So for for DJ to to have that moment and then like when he, that ball hit the tree on the playoff and kicked into the fairway, even as far back as DJ was, it was just like, "All right, well, there's karma." You know, but, but John Rahm tattoos the drive it is in the rough, so it's like, "Oh well." Because that thing was gone. That drive, yeah. go, DJ's drive was gone. Yeah. Somehow it hit something square, um, found himself back in the fairway. He was much deeper. He was further back, but he was yeah. still John Rahm. Fairway, off, yeah. But nonetheless, he was in the fairway, and it was, in my opinion, other than JT Colin Morikawa, that was the greatest finish of a golf tournament I've seen, uh, not only this season, but at quite some time. There is a downside. They got how are they going to top that this week? <laughs> yeah, good luck. So I here's know. where we stand going into the final 30 of the FedEx Cup standings in East Lake in Atlanta. So now we get to the point where the top 30 is that confusing. Dustin Johnson has a 10-under lead right now, two-shot lead over John Rahm, who ended up moving up to second at 8-under, followed by Justin Thomas, 7-under, Webb Simpson, 6-under, Morikawa. There's a host of players at 4-under all the way down to even – Par with Cameron Smith, Victor Hovland, Mackenzie Hughes, Cameron Champ, and Billy Horschel. But we had some guys jump in. Joaquin Neiman was able to jump into the top 30. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes was another player to play their way in from outside the top 30. Mackenzie Hughes, was his reaction was phenomenal. It was a great interview by them as well at the yeah. end that he was able to get in. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, here's my question. Yeah. Are you cool with this format? So DJ gets to start at 10 under, and then somebody like Cameron Champ is even par. No, I think it's stupid. I think this is the point where, look, you just start over. Winner take, like, here's what I would do. What's the, what's the, what's the pot? What are they winning again? Bruh, 15 million for okay. first. All right, so let's do this. That's let's- just first place, 15. All right, so let's let's have a little get together here. All right, let's give, 
Let's give Dustin Johnson right now five mil for going into the FedEx Cup Tour Championship at Eastlake as the number one seed. Congratulations. It's like fantasy football. You're the regular season champ of the FedEx Cup. Here's five mil. Right? (laughs) Here you go. Shut up. Here's five mil. Shut up. Now you reset and the pot's 10 for the winner. I just like... What's the point of watching a tournament that starts Thursday with a dude that's got a 10-shot? Like, if you're... But he only has a two-shot lead over John Rahm, though. But again, so John Rahm has four rounds to make up two shots. Let me ask you this. Then if you're Daniel Berger, who arguably has been the hottest golfer since the restart, or Bryson DeChambeau, they're in that four-under crowd. Like, you're six shots off the lead before you even put a peg in the ground. But you got four days to make it up. I mean, how many times have we seen a guy who makes the cut on the number and has a chance coming down? Look, Rory, last year, Rory was in sixth. Yeah. He started started in sixth place. Now, I think if you come in rank 30th, then you shouldn't be like, hey, man, I get the same chance as you do. Be like, no, you don't, man. You ain't done. You ain't performed the same that I performed. And don't get me started with Daniel Berger. And the fact that he's not in the Masters. That's one of the things about, I mean, I understand this is called the COVID season, but like that, it is Augusta. And it's like, y'all could make this right. I understand that he's getting into April's Masters, but man, it just don't feel right that that it dude. Doesn't. It doesn't. Like, don't feel some, right. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying about, I would say this. I would actually be cool because well, the tour did stop saying it, so I'm not going to blame them. <laughs> but originally, this thing was like the playoffs and the FedEx Tour Championship is a celebration of a season long of playing consistent great golf. So, like, okay, if that's the case, then the guy who finishes first going to the Tour Championship, give him $10 million. Let that dude have the $10 million check for finishing first, and then... Let's have 30 dudes play for the rest of it. See, here you just can't convince me. And you and I have debated the FedEx Cup, air quotes, playoffs for a while. You can't convince me this all matters throughout the season. You can't every single tournament try out the FedEx Cup standings <laughs> if there's if it doesn't matter in the field, playoffs. It doesn't have a chance. It doesn't have a right. chance. Right. You just – so, you know – or have two winners. That's the other thing that I don't like. I don't like the fact that if Cameron Champ wins the Tour Championship and Dustin Johnson or John Rahm finishes second or third, that they still get the big check. Like, why? I don't want two dudes standing on the green. Man, that's so awkward. You know what? I, yeah, that's Let so me, is, like the Tiger winning the Tour Championship and Justin and Rose, Justin Rose standing right. there, and be like, yeah, I got the check though, because you know Tiger's like this trophy's nice, it's cool and stuff. Tiger had um, people following him like Moses when he was walking yes. the scene, but yeah, Justin Rhodes is getting the check. But here's this would be like let me let me throw this at you. Sixteen NBA teams make the playoffs, right? Regardless if one of them has an under five hundred record in their respective conference, but no one's telling them like, hey, you can't win the NBA title, or in a five game series that you got to start two now. That's what I'm saying. So. If you are good enough to be one of the top 30 players in the FedEx Cup standings, then you are good enough to win the FedEx Cup. Okay, yeah. 
I so need if, it. So if you're in the, you can win. There was a year where I think uh, it was Seattle or it, it was someone who won their division. I think it was the NFC West at seven and nine. Right. But you still had the same chance to win the Super Bowl as everybody else. Yeah. And that's where I just don't understand where golf is going to start Dustin Johnson, the best player in the world right now. They're going to let him start with a 10 under lead. It's like, then what, what are we like? What are we doing? Yeah. I love the fact, though, that world number one and world number two are getting paired together that first round. Like that part's going to be awesome. The way the way. Well, I, I say it's going to be awesome. In theory, it's awesome. The problem now is going to be like, how much do these dudes got left in the tank? Correct. And that's, that's what you're hoping for drama. For, well, here's the good news. The good news is neither of them have won a FedEx Cup before. So yeah, when you got that paycheck dangling, there's stuff in the tank. Yeah. So for those dudes, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of guys like Rory, money, nah, doesn't matter. Like he don't need it ain't going to make a big difference with him. But John, even for a guy like John Rahm and Dustin Johnson, who have made a lot of money playing golf and a lot of money through sponsorships, $15 million is a big – it matters. It matters oh, yeah. a lot. If that well, kind of – that chunk of chain matters. And I'll never forget, like, DJ thought he had it won that year that Rory won it, you know? And so I, there's extra motive. He wants it. Perfect. No, it ain't. It's not perfect. There are ways that it could be better, but it's still. I think this year sets up to be pretty good. It's going to be pretty good. Now you're headed to East Lake. Yeah, I'm. Uh, as soon as we finish, as we're recording this on Monday, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm jumping in the car and driving up there. Now this tournament ends next Monday. This That's is right. a Labor Day finish, so the tournament itself doesn't start till Friday. And I you think going to get a couple of days up on your per diem. Is that what you're doing? Bruh, I haven't been to a tournament since the PGA championship. So I got people to talk to. Like I got <laughs> lots of inside. You know what I mean? We just, that's the, the thing that I have found that is so difficult with not being at tournaments is when stuff goes down, no one's going to just be like, yo, don't forget to call Mike and tell him. It's true. Like, if you're not there, no one's going to be like, hey, man, that was crazy. Yo, call Mike and let him know. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, this is our business is not just relationship based. It's hugely relationship based. But it's also about being there so that when stuff does go down on the down low, like you can talk about it. Like the fact Rory switching putters, you know, mid tournament, uh, Matt Kuchar having his wife on the bag because John Wood left them, you know? And this is one of those situations, too, where here's a strange one. Yeah, right? This is a strange <laughs> one. The caddy fired the player. Good. Yeah. So I did get a funny text from another caddy who texted me and was like, hey, uh, Matt Kuchar tried to hire El Tucan to put him back on the bag from Mexico. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, El Tucan wouldn't accept the collect call charges. <laughs> that's that funny. Call, collect. So, yeah, look, yeah. It, our relationship, our, our, uh, in our business, you hit it on the head. Like, you know, I called the game, college football game this weekend. 
because of COVID protocol, we we weren't at the game. But there's a difference between being there and not being there uh, that allows you to do things that you're talking about. And so, man, it's it. Look, it's been a season unlike any other. So to to, to culminate here, we still have major championships to play. We've got the U.S. Open in September and the Masters in November. So I think this is going to be fun because we've got a culmination of the regular season. I I guess you could call it. Uh, Here's a tough one for you. Yeah. If Tiger Woods would have made it, do you think he would have played three weeks in a row? You think his back would have held I think up? It, I think he has to, which is why I don't think he's mad that he didn't make it. Yeah, I don't. And I don't. I think, again, I've said it with Tiger all year. I think he's getting in what he can, and he's fine with the result. I really, truly believe that. You think Tiger, of all people, is going to be happy being in the even par crowd, 10 shots off the lead? <laughs> no. He's the first one that's like, all right, see ya, I'm good. Yeah, but for him, though, like, he's the guy that the 15 million don't matter. That's what I'm saying. So, like, he, you know, he's you know, just like, all right, no, he, look, the least bit surprising thing was that Tiger didn't finish in the top six. His season's over. We'll see him at the U.S. Open. He knows that. We know that. And, you know, we, we get to move on here to the final uh, FedEx Cup event of the year. So having said that, because I know you've got to hit the road, I have to uh, finish some stuff with work as well. Let's get into our picks. And we got fantasy football draft tonight. That's why we got to get all our work done now. I got to bust it up to Atlanta because I got to be in the hotel room sitting down because you're already talking smack. I'm already on the the group text. All because one time, the very <laughs> because the one time I picked Le'Veon Bell because I thought he wasn't going to hold out, and that fool held out for the whole year. And the other time, I had to do something important, and I auto drafted a kicker to <laughs> get like the third round or something. I ain't never living both of them down. So that's messed up. So Maddie just sent a group text out saying. The draft is tonight, punk. So here we go. Don't worry, Caddy's going to draft Leonard Fournette. <laughs> who was released this morning by the Jags, the Jaguars. So fantasy football, it's it's all coming. So here's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, I'm going to review another beat down of the picks because, again. Can we do a reset going into the tour championship? Again, I picked the winner of the tournament. I had John Rahm. My team was John Rahm, Tiger Woods, Patrick Cantlay, and my sleeper was Kevin Na. And so, you know, being the good I ruined it for me. One dude the who finished DF. You know what? I'm, you can bleep it out. Dead <laughs> last <laughs> at 30 over par. Son the Mark worst Leishman. pick in Seriously. history. I, I don't understand. Even my buddy was like, he didn't even know that we were doing this. And he sent me a text and he goes, is Leishman hurt? I'm like, even if he's hurt any WDs, He's still going to get the same amount of money because he's going to fix worst it. pick in history. Thirty over par. This dude. Thank good. I wonder. I want to call him and just be like, "Hey, man, what happened on Sunday? Because you only shot three over, which yeah. means in three rounds he shot twenty-seven over in three rounds and pulled it together on Sunday to shoot seventy-three. Caddy's best pick was Matsuyama. His total for the week was thirty-eight over. <laughs> <laughs> so the running tally is now Maddie 191 under, Caddy 95 under. This dude made me lose. I lost so many strokes. I'm under a hundy. 
you like you're awful. And the head-to-head record is seven and four now. It was tight going into two weeks ago. Not anymore. No, not anymore. This is bad. This is the other reason I need to get to Atlanta early. Because now I need to talk to some dudes. I need to put some pressure on them. You know who I feel like? I feel like that annoying fantasy football fan that's or fantasy football, whatever fantasy player, person, fan, fantasy fan that and when they see a player, it's like, yo, you got you on my team this way. I'm gonna need you to do some things. You yeah, know? you are you are gonna be that dope. I know. Like, and I'm gonna tell guys, listen, bro, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, because I know I'm not that guy, but this week I'm that guy. You need to do something, bro. <laughs> we need we need, we need, we need I, to figure some things sense. out. All right. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm changing the format of the picks this week because of the unique situation we're in. Oh, what? And okay. I can do that because they keep whooping you. All right. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. You and I are gonna each take a player from each level of the multiplayer group. So we're going to take a player from the even crowd, the one under crowd, the two under crowd, the three under crowd, and the four under crowd. Okay. All right? And I automatically, in the side bet, because of my seating relative to yours, I we're going to take one versus two. I automatically get DJ. You automatically get Rom. Okay. All right? All right. So I will take the first pick. We're going to go up. We're going to go the even crowd, up to the four under crowd. Okay. All right. So with the first pick, I will take in the even crowd. And by the way, the it's who finishes higher. I know. I already know who you're taking. With the first pick in the even know. crowd, I'm taking Billy Horschel. Wait, what? I'm taking Horschel in the even group. Really? Yeah. All right, cool. Give me Victor Hovland. All right. In the crowd... That starts at one under. I'm going to take Abraham answer. Man, you are really surprising me here. I know, because you thought I was going to go Kevin Kisner. No. No? I, I, I sure mean, as hell wasn't going Mark Leishman. I, no. <laughs> answer. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Ryan Palmer. Palmer. All right. In the two... Under crowd, I'm gonna go Tony Finau. Mm, good pick. I'm going Scotty Scheffler. In the three under crowd. Ah, here's the good one. Yeah, this is where it gets a little tough now. I'm going Patrick Reed. I'm sorry. Wait, did are you picking the dude that you are always giving me crap? Yeah, I was blocking you from him on purpose. <laughs> I'm going to take Rory. I knew you were going Rory, even though you picked him last week. I'll let you have him again. Yeah, because we reset. And in the four under crowd, this is a good one. Yeah, big time. Look, I touted him, and I'm going to do it again for how well he's been playing. I'm going to take Daniel Berger. Damn. Damn. (laughs) Damn. See, I just don't know if Hideki can – I don't – I don't – and as much as I love Harris English, I'm going to go Bryson, man. Bryson, okay. Yeah. All right, so to recap, now, let me throw this idea out at you. Okay. 
What if in the solo golfer crowd, which is Morikawa five under, Webb Simpson six under, Justin Thomas seven under, Rom eight under, Dustin Johnson ten under? What if we each got to pick one of that crowd, but we started their scores for the tournament for our picks at zero, at even? Well, you already have DJ. And well, I, no, I was going to say we can get rid of that. No, no, I'm cool you with do that. Okay, let's yeah, just no, do I'm that. cool with you having that. All let's the one guy who I would like to pick, if I was going to pick someone from the seven, six, and five, if I'm going to pick one of those guys, I'd take Webb Simpson. So, would you take Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa in a heads up against Webb Simpson? I'll do a match with you with Justin. I'll do a side match, JT versus Webb. All right, so you got JT. And I got Webb Simpson. Taylor's cussing us right now, or whoever is going to be producing us the week that they've got to do this math. All right. So to recap, we've got the head-to-head normal and then the matches. So my team, from the even crowd, Billy Horschel. From the one-under crowd, Abraham Answer. From the two-under crowd, Tony Finau. From the three-under crowd, Patrick Reed. From the four-under crowd, Daniel Berger. Caddy, from the even crowd, Victor Hovland. From the one-under group, Ryan Palmer. From the two-under group, Scotty Scheffler. From the three-under group, Rory McElroy. From the four-under group, Bryson DeChambeau. Our head-to-head matches are as follows. DJ versus Rom. I have DJ. Caddy has Rom. And I have Justin Thomas. And he has Webb Simpson. Now, the head-to-head matches were going straight up, right? Straight up. Straight up. Like, Dustin doesn't start at 10 under, and JT doesn't start at 7 under. Those are even up. Just even up. Straight up. up. DJ versus Rom and JT versus Simpson. That's right. Yeah. So everything else is the team thing. So it culminates to that. You drive careful down to Atlanta. Thanks, bro. I will love. Talk and by the way, tonight. that's the first time I'm going to block you from a player because the way we draft in our draft order for the fantasy football draft, I draft ninth. It's 12-team league. You draft 10th. So I can block you from a first-round pick, but then you can get me. Yeah, I was going to say it's a snake draft. Yeah. I got this. Listen, as much fun as y'all made of me the first year Yeah, because I didn't understand how everything went down, year number two, bruh. And now this year, not only do I got strategy, I may have a secret weapon. Oh, that I, I'm not, I'm not going to say nothing about my secret weapon until, until I'm holding the trophy. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> All right. caddy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Collins. Hey, Mark Leishman, I'm coming to talk to you, bruh. I'm just <laughs> shaking. I'm the Maddie. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we look forward to a post-FedEx Championship recap here on Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.